This is the Ricky Long Podcast. Bye. Ricky Long. Everyone knows this one. Here's a little song I wrote. Might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Hey. All right. Episode four of our mini series. Um. Honestly, the feedback that I've had from the last three episodes have been really, really overwhelming. Um. I've had a lot. And I mean a lot of messages and emails to catch up on. If I've missed you, apologies. Just give me a little nudge. Um, send the same message again. Say, oi, Ricky, you haven't answered my question. Um, but yeah, there, there's there, there's been a lot. And there's been really, really positive. A couple of challenges on a few things. Um, particularly on the uh, nutrition one, which uh, I did last. Um so if there's something in there not making sense to you, just send me a message. We'll thrash it out. We'll sort it out. So this is the fourth one, and this is a continuation of the previous three. So please make sure you have listened to the previous three before you listen to this one um, so that it all makes sense. So episode one was why we need to train to teach. Episode two was how to train to teach. Three was nutrition to teach. And four is how to season your training and nutrition. So they're done in this uh, episode order specifically. You know, why we need to train to teach, so we address the mental side, why you need a training plan. Then the exercise one, is that something you can implement straight away? Understanding your training. Then the third one is about how to supplement your training, not using supplements, using nutrition. And then the fourth one is how to season all that. So this this is my big find. This is what helps me be at my best at the right times and what I prescribe for my clients. So let me bring you back. 2007, Ricky Hatton, Floyd Mayweather, probably Vegas. Can't remember, didn't write that bit down. Um, I know nothing about boxing, but before this fight, something caught my attention in the build-up. And it was their training routines. And what caught my eye, this announcement told me instantly Mayweather would win. Now, I knew nothing about boxing then. Um, Floyd Mayweather has, of course, gone on to become to, you know, self-proclaimed, pound-profound fighter um, ever lived. I The only Mayweather fight I've seen was the Mayweather against Conor McGregor, which... Um, you know, I'm no expert in boxing, certainly not an expert in Mayweather. Um, so, you, you know, you might be sitting there and saying, well, it's obvious Mayweather is when Mayweather is the best fighter ever lived. He wasn't the best fighter who had ever lived in 2007. Yeah, he was on his way to being the top best fighter, richest fighter. Um, but back then, Ricky Hatton was definitely on rise on a level playing field. And... The research I've done for this tells me that the bookies were split on this one. Um, 
in both the UK and the States, they were both split down the middle. Some bookies thought Hatton would win, some thought Mayweather would win. Um, so you know Mayweather, you know, you, you might never have seen, you, so you know Floyd Mayweather. Every time you've seen him, he's always been in great shape. He's naturally lean. He is naturally athletic. He always looks ready and tight and, you know, pounced and ready to go. Before a fight, he will put himself in a his team, his coaching team. They'll put themselves in some sort of plan. I, I would suspect it's a six-month plan, and it'll probably include a final 12-week intensive training camp. Hatton is similar. They'll probably have a six-month training camp. Sorry, a six-month plan before a fight and a some sort of 12-week training camp. The difference between Hatton and Mayweather is Ricky Hatton is not naturally lean. He balloons up and down when in between training camps and training regimes. And he's comfortable doing that. It fits into his lifestyle. Um, I'd be similar, by the way. I'll probably say that again later on. They would probably be equally out of practice prior to the six-month build-up. So yeah, one might be in shape, Mayweather, one's out of shape, Hatton, but they're both equally out of practice, i.e. they're not as sharp as they should be when punching a bag or moving around the ring. The fact one of them stays naturally lean and the one of them doesn't is irrelevant at this point. They're still out of practice. Mayweather stays lean by chance, by body type, by genetics. Ricky Hatton balloons up and down by chance, by body type, by genetics. This fight was different. The build-up of this fight was different. Ricky Hatton announced before the fight that he had stayed lean for the first time ever between his last fight and this fight. He knew Mayweather was a different animal to his previous fights, so he trained harder and for longer. As soon as I heard this, I made the assumption, the bet, that Ricky Hatton would lose and Mayweather would win because what Ricky Hatton did was he interrupted his natural cycle the cycle he had always done so instead of training for six months he probably trained I think when I looked at it it was about 15 months from his previous fight to this fight he never had his downtime that he'd ever had before um he interrupted his cycle, whether it be a natural cycle or the cycle he had manifested. And lo and behold, fight night came. Both fighters looked incredible. I have researched this. I've watched the fight from start to finish. Um, both fighters entered the ring and it was pretty brutal. Um, you know, the first half of the fight was really, really even. Um, either fighter could have knocked the other one out at this point. And then in round 10... Sorry, from round 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, Mayweather started to come on top. You could see he had the upper hand and Hatton lost by a technical knockout. The referee stopped it. You know, I'm not saying Hatton would have won it had he cycled in and out, had he seasoned his training in and out. I'm saying because he didn't cycle it, this fight was different to his previous 40 fights. So let me transfer this to you. I'm going to make the assumption most of you listening to this or a Les Mills coach or a, a participant of Les Mills classes. So what we do very well at Les Mills is we have our lunches, we have our big events, our tribal gatherings, our fitness events, our Les Mills lives, 
Um, they're the big ones at Les Mills, and then clubs have their own ones. So like I said, you'll have your own club launches maybe four times a year, and you'll also have internal club events like a, a summer event, a winter event, Halloween event, and all the rest of it. I get my clients, and I do this to them myself, I teach launch dates and events like fight night. So I'll cycle it something like this. Typically in Les Mills, we have our quarterly releases. So every 12 weeks, we get brand new workouts, new music, new moves, and I'll cycle it something like this. It'll, it'll always change, and this isn't a set structure. I'll work in a 12-week block. So weeks one and two, we're going to teach the new release. We're going to teach it hard. We're going to teach it well. The energy levels in the room from instructors, from, you know, from myself as the instructor, from the participants in the room, it's going to be really, really high. Lots of energy being exchanged. From weeks three to six, this is the new release cruise. You know, we're instructors. We adapt quickly, probably quicker than most uh, members, for the members who do a lot of Les Mills classes, you'll probably adapt quickly during this time as well. So this is where I definitely take a week off from my own training and I would look to get a couple of classes covered just so as I can rest. So weeks one to two is new release, go hard. Weeks three to six is the cruise time. How am I feeling? Do I want to push it? Do I want a little bit of time off? Week seven to eight, definitely definitely no training you hear me no training i'll teach classes but no training on the gym one week seven days completely off from here right up the week 10 is you it's remix time Definitely a remix time. Let's have some fun classes. Let's bring out some old tunes. Let's put together some different type of workouts. Uh, get some remix. And I'll also train pretty hard in the gym. So those three or four weeks are my hard training. From about week eight, nine, ten, I want to train hard in the gym. It's only three weeks of specifically hard training. For me personally, it's where I do my heavy lifting. So it's where I'll do the three and five rep maxes to get, keep the strength aspect up. Then weeks 11 and 12 is that is when I'm getting ready for showtime. So a lot of energy is going to be spent actually learning new stuff. So therefore my training in the gym might be a little bit less. I'm prepared for that and the energy I expend in classes are deliberately just a little bit conservative because I know yeah, I'm going to teach 10 hours of activity this week, 10 hours of classes, but I'm also going to spend another additional 5, 6, 7, 8 hours in the studio learning my new stuff to launch on week 13, which is actually week 1. So that's how I cycle it. I'll go over it again. Week 1 to 2, new release. Week 3 to 6, new release cruise. Week 7 to 8, no training, just teach classes. Weeks 8, 9, 10, Remix season, I'll try and train hard here outside of my classes. Week 11 and 12, pull back my training, increase my time learning the new stuff, ready for the new release. For those that know me, for those listening, um, you'll know I fluctuate a little bit with my, my weight. You know, my body fat goes up and down. I'll range anywhere between 14 and 22% body fat, you know, the body likes that, the brain likes that, 
my relationship with food really likes that. Um, and then there's other people. I'm not going to name people in the podcast, but you'll know who they are. Some people stay naturally lean, but their training is going to have a similar pattern to what I've just said above, and that's just the pattern I kind of follow. It can change, and I would say it would change for absolutely everyone. So a, a training plan will still fluctuate with intensity, just like what I've said before. So the takeouts from this podcast is have a look and season your own training through trial and error. Working 100% all the time will not work. In episode one, we spoke about how a group fitness instructor will typically teach classes at least 50, 50 weeks of the year. You cannot train 100% 50 weeks of the year. You will get sick, you'll get injured, and you'll hate training. Um, so working 100% of the time will not work. Your leanness and aesthetic gain, it's okay to fluctuate and have that little play with body fat percentage. It's important you self-assess yourself throughout different parts of your teaching schedule. Your takeouts for this episode, and this goes back across all four episodes, it's look at your working week. How many classes are you teaching? What sort of training are you doing? What's your recovery? And what is the one thing you could do to improve on your work training, nutrition, life balance? When it comes to your type of training, you know, what training methods do you follow? What's been successful? What hasn't been successful? Nutrition, are you aware of how many calories you're expending? compared to how many calories you're intaking? Are you aware of your protein? Are you aware of what your carbs and fats are doing? Is your nutrition fueling you to teach? Or is your nutrition just about helping you survive? Because there's a massive difference. And then the final one is related more so to this episode. What cycles and training seasons do you look at do you have one do you want one do you need one is it something that interests you more four mini series episodes all done i've had a lot of fun doing these it's given me great pleasure and fun to start new conversations and different conversations with people and if i can help you in any way with training just let me know and send me a message anywhere on social media, um, RickyLong42, you can reply, you can send me an email rather to rickfitni at gmail.com, let me know how training's going, like I said, anything I can help you with, I'll do my best to. A lot of people have messaged me off the back of these about my Jump 4.2 program, um, is that suitable for people who do group fitness classes? Yes. Do you need to be an instructor to do them? Absolutely not. Anyone can do the Jump 4.2 program. Um, and it's all about the mindset relationship between training and food. That's something that interests you. Again, just, just send us a message on the before mentioned links. My name is Ricky Long. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening.